0: So, good morning again, everyone. Nice to be here with you on the Purnim. This is the auspicious day of the full moon. So, a day of, of plentitude and... In the beginning. So, we gathered for the purpose of um, blessing some students with the uh, opportunity to pursue the chanting of Krishna Nam and in the form of the Hare Krishna Nam mantra, uh, as we, and referred to by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Maha Mantra. Uh, to chant that in under good guidance, under the auspices of the lineage, mm, sampradaya, the lineage are, of our teachers. Mm? And so it's appropriate on such occasion to offer some praise, some mohima, some also explanation of the significance of the, of the chanting. Hmm? and um, perhaps also to say something about the principle of guru and, 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 and student. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself has uh, advised, mandated really, his students, through the pen of Vrindavan Das Thakur many centuries ago, uh, when this lineage of Gaudiya uh, Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vedanta, Gaudiya Vedanta. Vedanta, of course, means, Veda means knowledge, Anta means end. So it's a, it's, there are a number of forms of Vedanta, but they all deal with the uh, same subject, uh, conclusive knowledge, hmm? The end of knowledge, and of course, in the form of Gaudiya Vedanta, we understand that the, the end of knowledge to be love. Knowledge love has a kind of knowledge that is that it's pregnant with, if you will, that uh, in other words, when you love you know what to do. Hmm. And there's no other extra baggage of knowing that you carry around with you. Hmm. So much as is this the case that sometimes in our school the 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 end, if you will, which has no end such as the nature of love it's not something that you I've often said that we move in this world in pursuit of love without any idea of what we are which makes the attempts for love fall short but nonetheless we look for love Hmm? and even if we find it imperfectly materially speaking Imperfectly means without real knowledge of what I am. If I think that I'm a North American, for example, I want to love someone. I may want to make them a North American and conquer the world <laughs> for the um, American dream, which of course can't happen unless you exploit other um, other peoples and so forth. So uh, my point being that our knowledge of ourself will limit or enhance proportionately our capacity to love. Hmm. Um, But, even in imperfect loving, hmm, we pursue perfect loving without perfect knowledge, but even when we arrive at imperfect love, I found my partner or something like that. I can't rest, this is the condition of most people. Monastics are a little different, but I cannot rest until I find love. Hmm. And when I find love, then I can't rest either because it has a movement, if you will, an orbit of its own. It goes like this up and down. It's very exciting. It's disconcerting at times. And it's joyful at times. And it's unpredictable and so forth. So as is the case with the shadow, so also with the substance. So, if we know what we are, hmm, through good guidance and spiritual practice, we know that I'm not North American or Central American or man or or woman, but I'm an Atma that has a certain nature, hmm, that has the capacity to be nurtured hmm, through bhakti, through love. hmm, And I learn to love perfectly, perfectly. so similarly, in that substance of love, hmm, that the shadow derives from, hmm, also there's movement in transcendence, in perfection. Movement means that, that the, 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 the ideal, hmm, the attainment, the perfection is ongoing. Hmm. It's not that there's movement in this world because of confusion. And and apparent differences, which are only appearances that we take more seriously than we should, the differences of your mind and mind, my mind and my senses and your senses, which might dictate, for example, to some in the room that it's too hot and to others that it's too cold. Which is it? These are imperfect readings of the nature of being, the nature of reality, that derive from our senses and mental faculty, which are not, they don't afford us the capacity to experience as we think they do. We think I can know because I have a mind, I can see by because I have eyes. But actually the eyes get in the way of seeing and the mind gets in the way of knowing. Hmm. We are a unit of, of knowing. Hmm. Without knowing ourself, then what makes... The appearance of knowledge is really ignorance, and so action is informed by knowledge. So the action that is in pursuit of love that's informed by imperfect knowledge ends up ends up in something less than than um, what real love constitutes. But what I'm saying is that the movement in this world, hmm, out of based on attachment and and uh, dualities that arise from sense perception, differences, hmm, um, are illusory, and if we can retire them by knowledge of the self, some will reason that we could sit still forever. hmm, And I think that's good good reasoning. However, hmm, that is not a doctrine, if you will, or a form of Vedanta, conclusive knowledge, that is inclusive of the of the potential of the atma, of the self. Hmm? Should it have the opportunity to be nourished by bhakti? Hmm? We heard this morning that bhakti is not an inherent right of the atma, the jiva, the individual soul. Hmm? Bhakti is a form of grace. So our constitution as a unit of consciousness is such that we have a nature and the nature lends itself to be nurtured. So our ultimate reality is one of nature and nurture. And bhakti is the nurturing element that allows the atma to be, so to speak, all that it can be, without which, without the grace of bhakti, it cannot be. In other words, (laughs) If we remove the false conceptions of biological and psychological life, hmm, and we find the consciousness that lies beneath, that we all are at the ground of being, so to speak, hmm, then the movements of the world will appear to be as ignorant as they are, as lifeless as they are. There's movement. It's not a good example, but... Some people eat chickens, and when they cut the head off, the chicken still moves around. Hmm? But, where is it going? Hmm? So, from the vantage point of wisdom and experience of the self, the movements of this world, prakriti gunai gunaikarmani sarvasa, says in the Gita. Hmm? It's all just a function of, the, of, of, of material nature. The form of the brain and neurons firing and so forth and, and so on or in terms of movements of gravity and strong, weak nuclear forces and so forth. Hmm? But feeling, meaning, value, hmm? this derives from the self, from consciousness. And when consciousness is absorbed in matter, then there's a struggle for existence, the Darwinian kind of struggle for existence, because we're chasing after ourselves, meaningful, enduring life in relation to things that don't endure. So it's a struggle. Hmm? So to end the struggle, you have peace. Shanti, 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 peace. You could sit forever hmm? and know that I exist. I mean, know it. Hmm? Not theoretically only, I mean. but you know it. To the extent that you know, really, that you exist, then you end all fear and you can be peaceful. But this, this speaks about our nature. Hmm? but it doesn't speak about our possibility for being nurtured that i said is not in, that comes from the other side from our source the grace as we heard this morning hmm? and so while some schools of vedanta end there to use a numerical example in this world we move in negative numbers that will be the karmic involvement we take from the environment and so we owe Hmm? And so there's a saying, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Hmm? Work is reactionary. I've taken from the environment because I've identified with a biological and psychological complex that if I don't do something for it, if I don't take from the environment to, sus- to attempt to sustain it, it won't be sustained, and I think it to be me, so I'm working hard. This is the struggle for existence. But every thing that I take from the environment I owe so I'm bound then to the natural environment And my transnatural nature will be n- not be known by that hmm? I'll be in negative numbers I'm constantly moving in debt even when it looks like I've acquired hmm, the bottom line the fine print says you owe like if you borrow money from the bank then you think you have so many colonies to see. I borrowed so many, but then you read the fine print, and you owe many, many colonies, more. Hmm? So this is the way of material existence. Hmm? So, if we go from negative numbers to zero, that zero has some positive connotation in relation to negative numbers. Do you follow? Hmm? So this is as much as, for example, the wise Buddha spoke The world is about suffering. What drives the suffering is desire. That's very easy to experience. As soon as you have a desire, you've got a problem. You've got to labor. You've got to plan, make, think about it. So, no desire, no suffering. That makes zero seem positive in relation to negative numbers. But the question in our tradition, of course, is are there any positive numbers? Is there anything beyond zero? If zero is peace and negative numbers are the struggle for existence and to come to zero with, with no desire is to become peaceful, hmm? where is the love? Hmm? Peace is not love. It goes along with love. Hmm? Peace is kind of the shadow of love. Okay, I agree not to fight you. Hmm? That's included in love, but it's not the whole, the full face of love. Hmm? Not taking doesn't constitute giving, but it's included within giving.
1: Hmm?
0: So, this is why I say, in our form of Vedanta, Gauya Vedanta. Hmm? The Veda means knowledge, anta means end. The end or the culmination of knowledge is something that 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 it has no culmination. Hmm? It is it is not still but moving. Hmm? It is that kind of movement that having arrived at love, hmm? we enter the orbit of love itself. Wise love, hmm? transcendental love. And such is the, the lila of Krishna. Hmm? Always moving, always nuanced, always full. Radha's prema, her love for Krishna is full and always expanding. This doesn't fit between the ears. But neither does love, which they said in common English parlance, knows no reason. Hmm? It doesn't mean that it's unreasonable, but there's a place where reason leaves off. That's very, we should be thankful for that. Hmm? To reason it out is, is, is we can reason to the point that we understand the limits of reason and we see reason then as an as an assistant of faith, that's when it becomes beautiful. But when it becomes the God itself, hm. This will take the life out of everything. Reason will take the life out of everything. Hmm? So, our form of Vedanta is hmm? the doctrine of love. We say that the end of knowledge Mm -hmm. is love. We call it praying. It's wise love, of course. It has all the wisdom of the Buddha in it, Hmm? all the peace, but it has movement, has positive numbers up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, hundred and eight. Just keep going, something like that. Hmm? So in this school, we are always students forever. Hmm? If I look to you, I see students. If I look to the other side, I see myself as a student. And in love, there's always something to learn. Hmm? If you come to peace, you've learned what is ignorance, what is the nature of the movement of the world. I cease from moving in relation to things that don't endure when I'm in pursuit of enduring happiness. Because that doesn't make any sense. If I want enduring happiness, enduring existence, then I cannot get it by pursuing by attachment to things that themselves don't endure. Hmm. It's only it was a song when I was a kid, only castles burning. I always took it like that. Hmm. In other words, uh, was the name of the song, there was a line from it. Hmm. However big your arrangement is materially, hmm. it will burn like a sandcastle. Hmm. Hmm. This is the life of material acquisition. So this is knowledge, hmm? that attachment to things that are transient, the transformations of nature that are endless, that, that are in, in a particular state for a moment only. I attached myself to them as if they will endure hmm? and they don't endure. I'm setting myself up for disappointment in terms of my pursuit of enduring happiness, of security, of sat, of a meaningful and enduring existence, of knowing, I thought I knew something, but then everything changed. Hmm. I thought I loved, and hmm, it turned into just the opposite that happens, doesn't it? Hmm. Hmm. So, this is, this is what we mean by knowledge. So knowledge brings peace, in this sense, because now, I stop moving in relation to to the to the uh, ephemeral hmm? to the world that's here today and gone tomorrow it's all moving and i'm just sitting peacefully peace but we want peace and love not just peace hmm. so another kind of movement hmm? it's true that if you're full then why move desire implies some Necessity, perceived necessity, some emptiness. Hmm? So some reason, if you're full, why move? That's true. Hmm? This is a doctrine of knowledge. Hmm? The love that's contained within it only amounts to the stopping from taking hmm? and exploiting. Hmm? But it's not the full face of love. Hmm? So while it's true that if, if you're full, why move? There's another kind of spiritual reasoning. If you're full, move. But not out of necessity that you that something's lacking, but out of the fullness itself. Hmm? You understand? I'm so full that I'm celebrating the fullness. Hmm? I cannot sit. I have to dance about it and sing. Hmm? Hmm. God is depicted in many schools of Vedanta as all pervading. The word Brahman is used the Great One. You can't define it. Everywhere, the ground of being, as uh, Chardin, what was his name? Anyway. Famous. I think it was French. Um, (laughs) Ground of being, it's a good term. The ground of being, consciousness that underlies everything, all the movement of the world, to identify with that. Hmm. If you're everywhere, then you can't move. There's nowhere to go. So in these schools of thought that I'm contrasting with ours, hmm? spiritual schools of thought, hmm? schools of mysticism that have value, hmm? meaning, but that they're worth discussing the differences in nonetheless, where God is Brahman, hmm? all qualities forms, differences are thought to be just derived from attachments, all movement, so this aspect of God is identified with, it's a real aspect, everywhere, therefore not moving, so if you identify with it, you become still, and all the differences that were troubles because we tried to get together, but you were just a little different than me, and I was just a little different from you, and so we had always some conflict, just to use a crude kind of example, all this ends. hmm? Peace, peace, peace. As I said, shanti, shanti, shanti. hmm? But in our school of thought, that Brahman that is everywhere and by reason cannot move is moving nonetheless. That's very peculiar. hmm? That's worth taking note of. hmm? What is that movement then? hmm? How can one who's everywhere... Move. Hmm? Well, obviously it's a transrational type of movement. We speak of it as a movement in celebration of fullness. As I said, if you're so full, you're so happy, hmm? you don't move because you're unhappy and you need something, but because you're happy you're moving. So celebratory type of movement. And Brahman is moving. This is what we call Krishna. Hmm? That is called lila. That movement in lila, in the divine play, looks similar to the movement in karma, but it's different. Hmm? Of course it would look similar. Movement is movement. Hmm? Of course it has to look similar. Hmm? If Brahman is to move, hmm, along with motion comes differentiation. Hmm? That means qualities also qualities comes form hmm? so here we have qualities here we have form here we have movement so the movement and transcendence it will be similar but it will be grounded in differently hmm? and therefore it will be entirely different it has no end hmm? and it is it is it is not only more than the movement of this world, but it is more than the non-moving piece of samadhi and shanti, it's a very extraordinary idea. And all of this movement hmm, of Brahman, that we call Leela is being fueled by bhakti. Hmm, by bhakti. Hmm. This is, means bhagwan and bhakti. Hmm. The interrelation inter- between the two. It's very simple to understand, just like love. Hmm? We are who we are, let us say, genetically and biologically, psychologically, in terms of our DNA, we are a particular material entity. Hmm? Let's say a young man, okay? Let's say a young girl. Hmm? And so a young girl is who she is. Psychologically, and as I say, materially, um, biologically. But let's say the young girl falls in love with a young, young boy. Hmm? She becomes different without being a different person. She's the same, but she's different. How can you be the same and different at the same time? This example will help us to understand.
1: Hmm?
0: If she falls in love, we say, wow, she's different, but she's the same. Same name, same family. Same DNA, same everything, but, but she... So there's a potential in everyone to fall in love. I'm just using a mundane example, to fall in love. Hmm. It requires some nourishment. Hmm. You can't do it to a stone. A stone can't fall in love. But we have a certain nature that if, we're in, if we were nurtured by a particular environment, hmm, there will be love. Love. You understand? So, spiritually speaking, we are an Atma. Hmm? If we take off the ignorance of karma, hmm, we'll be still and peaceful. But if we get bhakti, hmm, if we if we get contact with this extraordinary idea of Brahman moving, hmm, how will we get bhakti? This our lineage is this, is that type of lineage through which bhakti is coming. This is a very extraordinary dispensation. So when that bhakti comes to you, then that atma that you are, that unit of consciousness, can be nurtured in a particular way. You can fall in love, it means, with Krishna. And then the the self can be all that it can be because it is something that has a nature which includes a potential to be nurtured. So I'm saying we're not a static entity. Hmm? Hmm? therefore again our end includes movement Hmm? and love is a movement Hmm? and love arguably and I'm arguing like that now is the end of knowledge as I said love has a kind of knowledge within it that is just essential knowledge a kind of knowing what to do Hmm? without thinking about it that's why our end is sometimes called gamshunya. Hmm? It almost looks as if knowledge is absent. We don't care about anything else that might be important. Even knowledge of the atma becomes unimportant when bhakti becomes um, fully, um, takes over our life. Hmm? If your car is stuck because the battery is dead... Hmm? Then it might help if some strong men push it, but when it starts, <laughs> right? That pushing is not very meaningful at all. It's gone, right? So in the beginning, a little knowledge like this may be useful for bhakti. But when if we, if we if we have good guidance, we take to bhakti and bhakti proper, so to speak. Now you're bhakti in a kind of apprenticeship. We call it bhakti in practice. It's kind of a funny idea because bhakti means love. It comes from the verbal root, budge, which means to give, to take, which is about loving, sharing. Hmm? How do you practice love? If somebody says, I fell in love, and you say, what's it like? How will you explain that to somebody? It's impossible. You can understand. I mean, just materially speaking, it's impossible. Hmm? how you practice it how you teach it peculiar hmm? still we're teaching it and we're practicing it but what, it, what does it mean well a lot of the teaching is what it's not hmm? because it can be misconstrued to be something other than what it is hmm? and so and as I say some knowledge of what you are that may be useful hmm? how we practice it well we find others who have it in our estimation. And we imitate them. We kind of do the things that they do. Hmm? How do you like if you when I was a kid, I've given this example before, we used to take the bus to school, you walk a half a mile, get on the bus and go to school. And if a girl happened to get a crush on you, I'm talking about like it was different in those days, but like fifth grade, sixth grade, it was pretty innocent comparatively. So she would show up At the bus stop, having re-done some research, what is his favorite color? What is his favorite, you know, fruit? She would show up with a blue dress and a red apple. Mm -hmm. And so, naturally, then, if I liked blue color was my favorite color and red was, apple was my favorite fruit, then I'd be attracted. Hmm? So, so this is kind of a culture of love. You know someone and then you want to love them and you want them to love you. So you know what they like. So you start to do the things that they like. Then they actually get you, you get their attention. Hmm? This is sadhana bhakti, bhakti in practice. Hmm? So we see, oh, they are great devotees. They do these things. And they seem to really have a lot of feeling for that.
1: Hmm?
0: And so I'm attracted to them. Hmm? I feel my prospect lies in their company, in their association. I must have a contact with them. I feel driven that my life will not be fulfilled without that. Hmm? It comes from within myself. I see something manifest, a person outside of myself, that corresponds with my heart. Hmm? So I feel drawn there. It's not artificial, some oppression. You must have a guru. Get a guru. Hurry up. You must go get one and it has to be over here or there. It's not like this. You, Ramesh may talk like that sometimes. But you have to. it has to come from yourself. Hmm? Hmm. It's the mirror of my prospect, my, my possibilities coming before me. Hmm? Hmm. And so, then I take up the things that the guru, he or she does, and I see that, that seems to be part of what Krishna likes, so I do those things. Hmm? This is kind of the idea. Hmm? Um, how to p- kind of posture yourself, position yourself in such a way that Krishna will be disposed towards you. And naturally, Krishna is disposed towards his devotees who have given everything to him, so if you become uh, uh, attracted to them, if you get their attention, then Krishna's attention will come to you. This is his love psychology. Mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. so now you are entering into bhakti in in practice this is some idea about it it's an effortless effort mm-hmm. in other words you cannot like control Krishna by your effort mm-hmm. neither does he control by effort he controls by affection by love mm-hmm. Shiva makes some effort to control he's depicted like that in meditation hmm? wearing ashes hmm? Brahman's got four heads for controlling and managing Krishna's doing nothing (laughs) he's playing the flute and dancing hmm? how can someone like how can you say he's going to control well we say this that it takes power to play do you understand if you want to play You need to have some power. For example, if you want to take a vacation, you have to have worked and built up some money in the bank. I'm just giving a crude kind of example. Hmm? So, he who is only playing, he has all power. Hmm? This is Krishna. Only playing and controlling, not in an apparent way. Hmm? I've given an example before. If I control you physically, you'll know it. I tie you up and you'll complain hmm if in a more subtle way yet a more comprehensive way I control you mentally by psychological manipulation you might not even know it but you'll be more bound you may need a friend to come and say get out of that relationship get away from that guy hmm he's manipulating you so the mental control physical control is one thing mental control is more powerful more subtle Hmm? Both are problematic. But if I could control you by my heart, that won't be a problem. Why? Because that would mean I love you. And if I love you, hmm, then you will love me. hmm? And so, I will control you and you will control me. (laughs) This is extraordinary nature of bhakti. Krishna is controlling everything and he's completely under the control of his devotees. He's controlling by love, by affection, which is not a problem. Hmm? That's beautiful, because if I, as I say, if he loves by affection, we come under that affection. Hmm? Then he will come under the force of our affection, and that's what Krishna means. That's what makes Brahman, who is everywhere, move. The power of bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti is within Krishna. But sugar cannot taste itself as sweet as it is. So the one, not in time, but in eternity, Krishna, becomes two as Radha, Krishna. And Radha is the Shakti of Krishna, the primal Shakti of Krishna, the embodiment of love for Krishna, the two interacting. This is called rasa. And Radha as the emblem of bhakti is also the the compassionate nature of Krishna so there's a little bhakti in every bhakta in every devotee a little radha i should say in every devotee
1: hmm?
0: and so this is our ideal to enter into a dynamic type of union not a union that cancels out you and i hmm. Not to one note. Um, that's one note. That would be better than many notes that don't go together, but better than that would be many notes in harmony. Hmm? A multiplicity that is unified at the same time. Hmm? How can there be one and difference at the same time? This is trans, translogical, transrational. But so is love. Hmm? So this is the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And the opportunity to pursue this, mm-hmm. that comes from up to down. It comes through a lineage. It's passed down. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as I said, he uh, uh, told his students to chant this maha-mantra. Mm-hmm. So he's bringing this mantra in a particular form. Nam Shrestam Apisachiputram. Nam Shrestam. Nam means name. Shrestam means, like, the best. Nam Shresti means the, the fullest idea of the of the name. What behind the mantra, the Nam Mantra of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hari Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Ram Hare Hari. What is the conception behind it? With different conceptions people will chant like, Hey there's Hari Krishna. You know, what is his conception behind that? Hey Harry, where's Krishna? You know, people would say things like that sometimes to us when we were young we would Chant on, chant on the street. They would make fun and so forth. So they're chanting, but what is their conception behind that? Hmm? Mm. So in the parampara, from the from the disciple succession of gurus and so, forth, we we are attracted to a particular conception of the name that that has what has been given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nam Shrestham. Hmm? Objectively speaking, the fullest conception of the name, not just that the name we will chant. And it will remove the ignorance. Then you'll stop chanting. Hmm? But we will remove the ignorance. You know, it, and it, the name has a life in transcendence. It takes a shape. Hmm? And dances in, in Leela and, 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 and so forth. Hmm? So we will follow the name there. This is called Shuddhanam. Hmm? Shudhanam, the pure conception of the name. Nam-shristam. And this was embodied in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he mandated his students, you chant this Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hmm? I say there are other conceptions of the name. I'll mention two. One is Nam-Aparad, one is Nam-Abhas. Nam-Aparad means you don't know the meaning of the name, the significance of the name. So you chant, but your idea about it makes less of the name than what it is. Hmm? And so... You cannot get the full conception, uh, full impact, hmm? import of the name. From that kind of chanting, you can get material things. Hmm? You can go to heaven for a long time before you come back down to earth. Hmm? It's called nam aparad, hmm? because it's really based on some kind of, I'm going to say, ignorance or misunderstanding. Of, of the name and its efficacy it's called namaparad which means uh, it's kind of an offense to the to the full idea of the name hmm? the name is non different than krishna krishna in sound the name and the named they're one except that the name is more generous comes to us introduces us to the named hmm? Hmm? The name enters the heart like a sweeper hmm? and starts to clean there. Hmm? But we want the highest conception of the name, so we should avoid the namaparad, the way to avoid the nama parad. Hmm? Mahaprabhu has taught. Nam namakari Bahudani shakti Rpita Niyamita Smana Nena He says it's very generous the name. You could chant any time, any place, anywhere, even while sleeping, and you'll get benefit. You cannot do meditation while you're sleeping. But if you would sleep and find yourself chanting, you'll be benefited by that. Hmm? It's so very generous how the way is very user-friendly, I want to say. You don't have to face north, south, east, or west. You don't have to even be awake. Of course, it would be good. (laughs) Speaking of the the broad sense, the generosity, there's some benefit there. Not the full benefit, but some benefit. Hmm? Hmm. No time, no place, no circumstance. Hmm? In any situation, you can chant. But, hmm, to avoid the parad, Aparad, then Mahaprabhu said that, in spite of the generosity of the name, which I know theoretically, and its efficacy, which I can learn about, hmm, I find that I have no taste for that, no attraction. Some people chant and they can just, you can see, they can taste. I know there is a taste there, but I cannot taste. Just like if you have jaundice. Jaundice makes sugar taste bitter. But if you eat sugarcane, it will kill the jaundice. So as the jaundice goes away, the s- sweetness that was always in the cane can be tasted. Hmm? So in the beginning, we may not have much taste, but we have good association, we like that. Hmm? You think it would be good for me to connect with with the sadhu in this lineage. Hmm? Hmm? So I make my connection, I practice, and as the name first takes away the ignorance, then the taste of the, that was always there, inherent in the name, start to come. And what was the medicine then becomes the food, from my diet. Hmm? In the beginning I'll think, I should take my medicine and chant. Hmm? But when you sit to eat, you don't think, I should eat lunch, you just think, when is lunch? When will lunch be? Is it time for breakfast? I've been working, whatever. You know, you don't think about it quite in the same way. Hmm? So the chanting also will come to a point as ignorance is removed, then it's become the food. When will we chant again? Can we chant now? Let's chant. Or similarly engaging continually. In Krishna service, without any interruption, without any distractions, same idea. Hmm? So to go there, hmm? we want to avoid misconceptions about the name hmm? Hmm. and false values that still are on the radar of our life. As might be useful so to to so to avoid them and all. And, and overcome the nama parad, he said that that we should chant with a very uh, kind of a humble attitude. Hmm? That um, with this very thought in mind, name is very powerful, hmm? sweet, and very efficacious of hmm? um, a spiritual practice, but. Just see my condition, and it's been generously given to me. Hmm. But see my condition, that I have no attraction. There's every reason I should be attracted madly after this, but I have no attraction.
1: Hmm.
0: So the problem is within me, Hmm. because of my my past, it has not been cleared entirely yet. Hmm. So I will think like this, and humbly continue to chant. Hmm. Then the name will stay with you. And act as a, as a, the name means Krishna. Krishna will act like a sweeper inside of your heart. Krishna, he becomes a sweeper. Sweeper means, in India they have a class of people called sweepers. Hmm. They just go and sweep the streets. Hmm. It's not like the most glorious job, you know. What do you do for a living? I'm a sweeper. I mean, we all will think differently. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's all good. But in a class type society, hmm, a sweeper. Krishna becomes a sweeper hmm? in the heart. It's very extraordinary. This is Krishna. You become a sweeper in your heart in the form of the name. That should embarrass us. Do you understand? Oh, my God. God has picked up a broom. Hmm? You wouldn't expect that God will be sitting on the on the throne or whatever. You know, everybody will be offering things to him and, and coming before him clean and so forth. He becomes the sweeper. This is very extraordinary. In in the form of the name, Krishna is very affectionate. He goes into the heart, he sets up a shop. What is he selling? Brooms. Brooms? There are so many multi-corporations in our hearts that have set up shop.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: So many with big neon lights and signs. Get me! Have me! Hmm. Be me. Hmm. Have this. Get that. You could be this. Hmm. And somebody just set up a shop for... What's your shop? I'm selling brooms. Brooms? West. Hmm. Very humbly, in other words, he goes there. Hmm. He has a magic broom. <laughs> He's sweeping. And what he does, he sweeps the name. You chant, the name sweeps. And when he sweeps the heart, hmm, the cheta the citta, the consciousness.
1: Hmm?
0: It's like underneath the coal is the diamond. Hmm? That's a, something like that. right? So he sweeps in just a little glimmer of what you are. And you think, oh my God, what am I? All these corporations immediately close down. They have no value whatsoever. All of their advertising, all of their prospects, everything they are offering... It just it dissipates. It dissolves. It, it has no attraction. Just a just a glimpse, a hint, what it means to be consciousness rather than matter. Hmm? Just a little sweeping. You see that? says, Let me have you. that broom. I'll take a broom. Hmm? You buy the broom. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? You very conscientiously will chant the name and cleanse the heart. This is the beginning. Ceto chitta-vṛtti-nirodha. Hmm? You cleanse the chitta. Hmm? And the, in the context of what? Hmm? Of being in touch with Krishna. So when you clean the heart, then hmm, you don't just sit with a clean heart, but you now something to do. Hmm? That means praying to love Krishna. So, namaparād that you want to avoid, this is the way to avoid that hmm? with some kind of thinking that name is very generous. And still I have no, tr- no attraction. Just see my position. Hmm? Problem is with me. Let me continue to chant earn- with earnestness. Hmm? And then namabhas. Abhas means like a shadow, like a semblance of the full name, only a shadow. Hmm? So that has a great power shadow can give mukti can take you from negative numbers to zero Hmm? just the shadow but this is not our ideal Hmm? so we're not interested in in getting stuck at zero Hmm? so therefore we want to cultivate the pure name so the way to do that is to get what we call samanda samanda this kind of I'm giving this kind of theoretical knowledge of how things fit together so to speak it's a uh, it's relational knowledge we have a nature that that provides us the opportunity to be in a relationship with God mm-hmm. so knowledge about that mm, all these kind of things as I'm speaking and keep in good company like you listen to my lectures all the lectures there's so many of them they're free keep listening to them you've been listening right yes every day every day listen. This will be, and listen to the sound of my voice. It will help you. Hmm? And let it... Don't... In this ear, out there, no. Let it go in and you hear one point. That makes sense. Then you let that go in your heart. Hmm? You can't let... You think, that makes sense. And then get busy with something. Well, it wasn't that important. Hmm? Rationalize it away. Don't do that? No. You get into some epiphany. That point, yeah that's true. Then you make it part of your life. That's how you build a spiritual life. Hmm? is our foundation, stones. that point, yes, I agree with that. That makes sense. Hmm? After a while, everything will be agreeable. <laughs> huh? As much as you become agreeable, stop listening to your mind and reason away. Hmm?
1: Hmm? Hmm.
0: Rationalize away. Such a, I had a good sangha. I was so inspired. But then, you know, after all, there are other things to do too. And then you lose sight of that moment you thought... I could be that hm, I could go there, I could leave the world of problems. I could enter into a life of real love. It's possible for me to prospect i feel that you want to hang on to that you think that you want to cultivate culture those moments are precious. You listen like that, hmm? come here as much as you can. our other ashrams, California East Coast. North Carolina, come visit, spend time with me. Hmm? Hmm. So, in this way, we are cultivating the pure name of Krishna. I spoke a little bit, as I say, of the efficacy of the of the name and our ideal, and so forth. I want to speak a little bit about the Guru and the disciple. There is a beautiful verse, and I'll be very brief with this. Please talked for some time. Beautiful verse from the Bhagavatam, the sequel to the Bhagavad Gita, that um, is most cited by our teachers in lineage over hundreds of years that defines the in in a very concise way the disciple and the guru. Hmm? And it does it very practically also, because many things could be said, but it speaks about things that are observable. Hmm? That's useful for us. If I say the guru is this, this, and this, but none of those things are observable, they're all internal, then... That's not much help. Hmm? If I say, the guru is one who is, in his heart, is engaging in the lila with Krishna, I mean, you can't see that, so, okay, I guess. Hmm? So they have, there are verses like that too, but this one is one they, they've cited most readily because it has very practical uh, explanation. It says something like this, um, Tasmad Guru Prapadjeta Jignasu Shreya Uttamam. This first describing the student, Jignasu Shreya Uttamam. Jignasu means inquiry. Hmm? For one who is making an inquiry, Shreya What kind of inquiry? Everyone's inquiring. Bird is inquiring in the morning. Where is the worm? Where is the worm? Hmm? When Sukadeva Goswami and Bhagwat began to speak to the Raj, to the Emperor, this is the central story of the Suman Bhagavatam, the Emperor speaks, uh, uh, retires on the bank of the Ganges. He knows he's going to die. The boy, Sukadev, naked, unaware of whether he was wearing clothes or not, completely detached, appeared on the scene and spoke about the love life of Krishna. Hmm? which must be very extraordinary then. He had no desire, but he was interested in that. Hmm? Hmm. Everyone assembled to listen. First thing he said, oh, there are many questions in human society. Hmm. Is that verse? I can't remember now. So many questions in human society. Everyone's asking, hmm? but for what? Hmm. One qu- He was liking the questions of the king the Raj, the Emperor. The king wanted to know. He knew he was going to die. So what questions will you ask when you know you're going to die? What time is it? No, you won't ask that. What's for dinner? No, you won't ask that. Hmm? Understand? And, and how, when are we going to die? Well, there's a better chance today than yesterday. <laughs> it is said that the Sukadev spoke the Bhagwat for seven days. And the emperor listened without even being distracted by the by the desire to drink or eat. Hmm? His name was Parikshit, it means inquiry. And his jignasu his inquiry was Sre Uttam. Hmm? He was fixed on one inquiry, the meaning of life, the, the real the ultimate purpose, meaning, hmm? What is the, what, what is death? I will answer, what, what what is life? What am I? These kind of important questions that the kids ask and parents say, oh, don't hmm. ask that. Hmm. Hmm. Einstein was once asked about how he became as intelligent as he did. He said, I never stopped asking questions that the children ask. Hmm. Just a material example, but oftentimes kids ask questions like "Why?" and Dad says, "Don't ask that. We don't know the answers to those questions. Just do something. Keep yourself busy. Turn on the television." Hmm? Hmm. Those questions they should be asked. Hmm? You understand? They should. Be, life is for that. You're born asking those questions. You're born asking why. Hmm? Oh, we'll tell you when you grow up, or who knows, we don't know. Don't ask it, turn on the TV, play with this, do, get distracted, do something else. You understand? No, we don't do that. Mm. Human life, we're born asking, why?
1: Mm.
0: Because why? Why do we do that? Because consciousness is coming to the fore in a human dress in a way that it doesn't in the animal forms of life or the plant forms of life. And it's inquiring about itself. And it is a unit of value. This is matter. It has no feeling. It has value if I give it value. What is this? I call it a temple. Now it's a temple. Because I call it a temple. We call it a temple. Hmm? We give it, meaning. it's wood and stone. Hmm? We call it something else. Oh, that's what it is. Otherwise, what is it? Hmm? even wood, even stone. These are ideas. You understand? All coming from the subjective, hmm? the value-laden aspect of life, consciousness. Because we're all value lives, all meaning, all purpose. Hmm? In human life, we, we were born asking, why? Why am I? Hmm? Where did I come from? Oh, we found you in a chimney. You know, whatever. Put them there. No. So these, I'm just giving a simple example. These, human life is for this, for asking these questions. This is how to become an adult. Hmm? To continue to ask the questions. Do you find someone who can answer? The king was asking like this, and sugadev he could answer. Hmm? King said, what is the meaning of, what should I do at the time of death? What is the most important thing? Hmm?" And as I say, the the, the Raj, the, 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 the sage Sukadev spoke for seven days because the king was cursed to die in seven days. It means, metaphorically, that we all only have seven days to live. You can count them with me. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One of these days you will die. Hmm? Right? There's no eighth day there. Hmm? And every one, every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, the chances are better. It means your life as you know it will die. The biological life, the psychological life, this is all this. Here today will be gone tomorrow. Hmm? Life should be lived for inquiring about these things. Everything else is just a distraction. The king had this kind of inquiry. And so, to answer the inquiry, the ardent necessity... hmm? Where will we get the guru? From our own inner necessity. Hmm? If our questions are, are like the bird for worms, we'll get worms. Hmm? If your question is where to eat, how to sleep, how to protect myself, hmm? how to find a partner to mate with, yeah. nature will answer those questions. Indeed, nature answers those questions for all species of life who don't have to think about it. Hmm? Right? The animals don't need a lot of education about how to mate, how to eat, how to sleep. Nature is answering those questions. We're confused about those questions. If we write books and make movies about how to mate, how to eat, hmm? the reason that we're confused about them is because we're not asking the question that we should be asking, that human life is is meant for. Why am I? What is what is death? Hmm? I cannot be content with, yes, I may have a hundred years to do what what, what then? Hmm? Hmm. If, you answer, if you if you ask only these questions, then nature won't answer them because they are questions that consciousness asks. It's not our psychological or biological self that's asking. consciousness itself is asking. Through the medium of the mind, through the medium of whatever speech and so forth, but the consciousness is asking the question: Why? Hmm? Why am I? What is the meaning? Why, why is there anything? Hmm? These kind of questions. consciousness has to answer that. Has to come from the subjective world, That's what we call revelation. Hmm? So when we are pressed with these kind of questions, this means jignasu shre utam. This is the position of the disciple. He or she is. Pressed with this, I have to know the answers to these questions. Everything else is it's not important. It's like Muzak in the background. Hmm? We've got it backwards. Hmm? What is Muzak? should be Muz- Muzak at best is the, is the main theme. Hmm? There may be a question about every now and then a little philosophical, why am I eh, spiritual? Maybe I go to practice a little yoga or something. Meanwhile, I'm looking for somebody, a partner or Whatever so many things I'm concerned about that pertain only to my, this particular configuration of matter that will be gone in no time. But it's a hundred years in terms of forever. I mean, it gets pretty small. <laughs> this is how the Bhagwat depicts the disciple. Someone who's interested in this. You see, That person will get a guru. You want the best guru? Hmm? Whatever that means, all relative to your inquiry. If you really want to, really make a solution, hmm? then you'll be facilitated from the consciousness world. So for the king, who really wanted to know, I mean, he was a king. Hmm? He was an emperor. And he put on a simple cloth and went to sit at the bank of the Ganges for seven days and nights to ask this question. You can imagine if President Barack Obama said, "Suddenly, nothing is more meaningful me, to me than who I am. I'm going to the bank of the Mississippi to sit down and contemplate why am I?" Who would like be, "Wow, what's that all about? What about Israel and uh, Pakistan? What is it? it uh, who do they fight with over there?" I don't know. Hmm? Palestine, or what about, you know, immigration, or all these big issues, Mr. President? I'm sorry, let the world burn down. Hmm? I have to know the answer to this question. Hmm? They would make the news, right? They'd probably impeach him, but, but, but if such a leader would say, this is what's really important, the world would be led in a direction hmm, that it should go in. Hmm? Obviously, peace can come from that. You understand? Peace is such a hard thing to accomplish. If this is your preoccupation, peace is just, you don't need to think about it anymore. Hmm. Right? So this is what happened. This is the history. And the Raj went to the bank of the Ganges. And then what happened? This Sukadev, 16-year-old boy, naked, came, disappeared on the scene. And everyone could understand, oh, he knows the answer. He knows the answer to how to solve the death problem. Why? Because death is not a problem for him. Why? Because he has no attachments. How do we know that? Oh, he's naked. Hmm? Not just naked, but he was naked and it means he was naked for a reason. He was internally absorbed hmm? in the living that which lives hmm? is not biological. It's another thing altogether. He was Atmaram, hmm? self-satisfied, self-centered. Hmm? He was oblivious to whether he was even wearing clothes. So Learned people would understand. Oh, he solved the death problem because death is a problem if for those who are attached to things that they cannot keep. Then it becomes a problem if you're unattached. It means you know. Nature is just changing, hmm? reconfiguring it itself, that's what it's doing all the time. We call one reconfiguration death and make a big thing out of it. Hmm? And I, it's like changing the light bulb. If I unscrew the light bulb, will electricity go away? No. I am like the electricity. Hmm? This is like the light bulb. It can be unscrewed. Hmm? It will be, but electricity will go on. So. Ardent inquiry, sincere inquiry, sincere seeking, not for a partial solution, hmm, but a comprehensive solution. hmm? Not to solve the problems of the world, but to end the world of problems. hmm? To come to the conclusion the world is the problem, hmm? it's a conception. And a particular conception, and it's problematic, there's no cure. I've given an example. The other day, some devotees here, they saw a a small snake with a frog in its mouth. What to do? They wanted to take the frog out of the mouth, right? Poor frog. What about the poor snake? That's his dinner. Hmm? Here, one man's funeral is another man's festival, that is material life. There's no solution. Do you understand? You press down here, it comes up over there. You press down there, it comes up over here. Hmm? There are so many... What about hunger? Okay, that's a problem for everybody. Right? Maybe we should... Everybody's got hunger. Let's solve that. How do you solve it? Feeding people? Do you think? Well, If you feed people, will it make hunger go away? How many meals have you eaten? You ever get hungry? Of course, soon after I eat <laughs> is the point. Feeding will never end hunger. Hmm? Feeding, I mean, they're hungry people, they should be fed. Hmm? There are the haves and the have-nots. But what we fail to understand is that the haves also have not. Do you understand? Those who have and those who have not. Hmm? And even those who have have not.
1: Hmm?
0: Go within or go without. Really, without with nothing, you've got nothing. Hmm? You want to end hunger, and hunger is only a symptom. The disease is, I think, I'm this body,
1: hmm?
0: and I think you're that body, and we're at odds with one another because there's only only so much for food to be had. Hmm? And even when my stomach says enough, my tongue says more. Hmm? Obesity is killing more people, they say now, than anything else in the world. Feeding people is killing them. So there's an idea, make food abundant for everybody. It sounds good, especially because some people are going hungry and that gives us some, some pain, no doubt. Hmm? But we also know that it's a symptom. Hmm? And we see, where food is abundant, it's killing people. Yeah, here in in North America we have more food lots of food Hmm? so people are fat and they're dying from it because what? they've got a tongue too Hmm? so the stomach says yes then it says no tongue says yes and this way we're being pulled and torn Hmm? in one direction by one urge another direction by another urge Hmm? so a wise person is a person who realizes I cannot do anything here I cannot solve the problem. I'm part of the problem. I need help hmm? Some people say it's okay if you need you know the spiritual life. it's okay if you need a crutch, something that you know help you along it's okay. I' don't object to it. I don't need one hmm? but if you need a crutch to hold you up no, that's okay. You say the difference between you and me, sir, is that 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 I know I need, and and you don't know that you need. Let me tell you how needy you are. We hmm? explain like I'm explaining. People gonna see you're needy. You need help. How much help? All the help you can get. You should think like this. The Problem is 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 huge. Hmm? It's solvable, and everybody believes it's solvable. Everybody, even those who say that it's not. Everybody says, "Well, you know, you got to die. That's just it." Hmm? They're still trying not to. Hmm? Some people say there is no perfect knowledge. That's a folly to think like that. Still, they chase after it. So, who's stupid? Who's foolish? Somebody who says there is and pursues it, or somebody says there isn't but still pursues it. Hmm? You understand? Everyone is seeking perfect knowledge. The knowledge that will perfectly inform my actions by which I will become perfectly happy. That's what everybody's doing. Hmm? We say it exists. Some people say it, it doesn't exist, but still they chase after it. But don't admit it or acknowledge it. You can't see it. Hmm? So this is for sane people. Hmm? They go like this. Help not for sane people. <laughs> That's for strong people and sane people. When you can understand your weakness, then you're in the strongest position. Do you understand?
1: Hmm?
0: Here we are in the jaws of death, and we're having a party. <laughs> you know, we're ignoring it. Hmm? Just drive down the road and insects are dying on your windshield. All, death all around you. Hmm? All around you, everywhere. And ignoring it trying to paint a, a different picture. You're trying to paint a picture of what you are hmm? and what your prospect is as a unit of consciousness, graced by bhakti. But you don't have wisdom, so it doesn't turn into that. Hmm? You're looking, but in the wrong place. So now you've come look in the right place through a, a lineage where these kind of ideas uh, have been... Uh, Disseminated, practiced, and we see many examples of, of the fact that they have been uh, pursued to perfection. Mm-hmm. So we inspire, We have a prospect there. Mm-hmm. This is jignasu sheyutam. This is in a couple of words they defined the disciple. Mm-hmm. As much as we have this kind of necessity, and then we're going to be on. We're going to get a connection, and we're going to be able to understand the connection. And all that's there. Pay attention, take advantage of it. So, what do we do then? Jignasu uche utamam tasmad guru prapadita. One who understands, I want to make a comprehensive solution to life, not a band-aid solution.
1: Hmm? I've
0: got cancer here, put a band-aid on. No, it's not like that. Hmm? Comprehensive solution. They're going to be heart surgery, you see. Hmm? You have an ego. Hmm? It's not you that is going to have to be uh, dissected, deconstructed.
1: Hmm?
0: That will pinch a little bit, but yes, I'm ready for that. I'm being pinched anyway. Hmm? My condition is pinching. Hmm? So if I have to undergo a little pinching to get out of it, then (laughs) that will be my joy. Hmm? Hmm. So if guru, guru Maharaj says, no, don't do that. Hmm? But you like it, and you have to p- feel the pinch. Don't do that. Otherwise hmm? no meaning. Hmm? So one who has this kind of inquiring spirit, Bhagavad says, that person, guru-prapad-dheta. Hmm? guru mprapad jigna they are a qualified person to take shelter of the guru. Guru means heavy. One of the meanings means heavy with with wisdom, not blowing in the whirl of thoughts hmm? generated by the by the mind, can ground us in our spiritual practice. Tasmat guru prapadyata jignasu se utamam. the next he says. Um, now the qualities of the Guru are described. And I say they're very practical. Hmm? Observable. I said, Shabde Pare Shabde Pare. Shabde means the sound. It means the revelation, like Upanishad, this real sound. Current. Hmm? It's been recorded in text and so forth. Comes down, passed down through lineage. It's not just a book knowledge shabde pare chanishnatam shabde pare pare means that the the theistic essence hmm, of those texts hmm, of that revelation shabde pare he or she the guru knows that very 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 well Hmm? he knows that means can explain that very well Hmm? from this angle from that angle what it is what it's not not just by memorization, hmm. just memorize the book and repeat it, something like that. No. Hmm. Hmm. The implication, of course, is that if one can speak very logically and reasonably in great detail hmm, with reason about something that transcends reason, the implication is they have some experience in that which lies beyond reason in the trans-transrational realm. There, the language is love. Hmm? Lila means, the language is love. Now, Guru has to speak the language of love and translate it into the language of reason, Hmm? which is supposed to be the language of human society, not Spanish or English or Latin or French, but reason. Hmm? So, to speak Obviously, love transcends reason, but still we try to say something about it. Hmm? Hmm? So, therefore, we should hear from that person. Not some person who can just memorize, repeat something. Hmm? Or you ask a question and say, See, question is the problem. Everybody was, Oh. Hmm? They speak real slow. Because they're thinking all the time, what will I say next? But looks looks to the uninformed, <laughs> something else. Hmm? And he or she has no 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 book that you can check up. Hmm? He could say something here, could say something there, contradict himself. Unless you went to all the talks, you wouldn't know. Hmm? No, Shabdepura nishnatham. Bhagavatam says the Guru is speaking on a basis of a platform of knowledge, you know, a lineage with texts that, that you can read. See, it doesn't contradict itself. Hmm? Somebody wants to talk with you sometime and they argue with you. They, you know, Write it down for me because you're contradicting yourself here and there. Hmm? Write it down. Hmm? So there are many people in the world, the Western world has some experience of of mixed experience of, of gurus, obviously. Hmm? Mostly the bad experiences get broadcast. Hmm? So that comes on both sides. Disciples don't know what what the qualities of the disciple are and, and they look for the wrong thing and, and there's misrepresentation on the part of the guru. So this, Bhagavatam is trying to help us in this regard. Shabde pareta There's a standard of knowledge, the shabda, the sound, like the Gita, the Bhagavatam, the Upanishads. This is the Eastern Revelation. Hmm? it predates the western revelation of Christianity by a long time for hmm? whatever that's worth but it's quite profound he's or she the guru is acquainted with this and deeply acquainted with that and so they will answer the question the pertinent questions with reference to that which is a body of knowledge standard body of knowledge hmm? seeking to address the questions that consciousness in human life has hmm? So because our inquiry as a disciple is appropriate and essential, when we get answers, citing the text and explaining the implications in in, in new times and circumstances to keep it alive and so forth, hmm? not in some just parrot-like repetition or memorization or no text. hmm? And they just kind of make it up as they go along and say a few profound things. Never ask anybody to do anything. Hmm? It all sounds poetic and and nice. No, here we say both things. We can speak poetically, poetically about the truth and you'll be, oh, that's very attractive. Then hmm? we can talk about going there and that's not very attractive. Hmm? Oh, then I have to sacrifice, I have to make a change. You have to be ready to listen to both. Hmm? Hmm? Again, not that they sit... And ask some vague question, and some vague kind of poetic answer is given, and everybody just goes. It's like the you know the emperor has what is it? The emperor's new clothes or something like. That. Oh, see, question is the problem. As soon as you think that is the problem, okay, <laughs> where are we going to go with that? Huh? So not like that. No, shabde pareta very with some expertise, shastra he or she is explaining, and is from a lineage where there are already so many who have attained perfection. Hmm? If you want to go to school, you think, well, I'm going to go to good school. Do they have any anybody ever graduated from that school? Do they ever get a job after that? Hmm? They have schools in America called Ivy League schools. The idea was that there's, they've been there so long, such an institution of learning that ivy's growing up the walls. So that kind of lends some credibility, like, oh, they've been there a long time, they're, they're producing results. I'm just giving a material example. So we should look for a lineage hmm? that has results, and that has a consistent teaching. Hmm? This is all. So, subday parei tanishnatam, and Pare means, from the theistic side, he or she, the guru, understands bhakti, and Bhagwan, the moving Brahman, leela, all these things. Brahmani asrayam. This is the second quality. This is very practical. You see, you can, you can go and you can hear and you can see. Does he know anything? Does he contradict himself? Is there any text to support this, or hmm? is it just platitudes? And hmm? it's very practical. Hmm? Then second practical point about the Guru this is, he says this, Bhagavad says this. Brahmani Upashama Shwam Upa Shama Ashraya Upashama. Shama means hmm, Equipoised. Upashama means like completely equipoised. Hmm? Ashraya who has who is sheltered, hmm? In equipoise, it means. It means who, you ever read the, as i give you an example, Rudyard Kipling wrote a beautiful poem called If. It's very much, he was influenced by Eastern philosophy and the Gita. It's a, the name, the name of the poem is If. If you could do this, if you could do this, if you could do this, and he has all these, um, opposites. If you could walk among the famous, the wealthy, and never lose touch with the poor. Hmm? You know how it could go to your head, in other words. Here, hey, I was there, now I'm here. Hmm? But never lose touch. He gives all these opposites, which are impossible. You're not human. If you could do all those things. This is what the Gita talks about. It's very practical in the beginning. You understand? Hmm? All the dualities... uh, very, who is but abo- means who, upasama means was above greed, lust, avarice, anger. If you want to know what is enlightenment, ugh, oh, this big question mark with a or around it. We, Bhagavatam tries to make it very practical for us. You mean no lust? <laughs> that would be good, yeah. No greed. Hmm. Hmm not controlled by, by, by anger, hmm? envy, jealousy. Upashama, it means. Hmm? Hmm? Amidst happiness, distress, good, bad, equal. Hmm? It means also a person who has no bias. No bias. Hmm? Equal to all. Hmm? It means you will re- relate to everybody equally. If you come to me and say, I want to know about this, we can talk about that a little bit. If you come and say, I want to talk about bhakti, then we can talk about bhakti. Not that I'll necessarily talk about bhakti with everybody, I'll treat them equally, (laughs) according to what they want. Hmm? This is a kind of dynamic, equal dealings. Hmm? If somebody's very interested in bhakti, then I'll spend more time with them. Hmm? Less interested, then I'll spend less time. Hmm? I treat them equally. Hmm? This idea. Equipoit. This is something that is is, is somewhat observable. Hmm? Hmm? If the Guru speaks so many things, but then we find, oh, he's got all these bad habits. Hmm? Bhagavatam says, this is not what we're talking about. When we talk about a Guru. Hmm? There's more to talk about, too. But if you don't have these things in place, Upashama those things won't be there, that's for sure. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Hmm? And if these things are in place in the context of bhakti, then there's good reason to believe other things are in place as well. What does it mean? He said, Brahmanī upa, Brahmani It means, Brahmanī means, means that person is standing on the ground of being. Hmm? They cannot be swayed here or there. Hmm? They cannot be purchased. I mean, just like a politician is supposed to be. Not purchased by any corporations. Hmm? He he can't be compromised. Hmm? He can't can't say, well, Guru Maharaj, uh, I'd like to be your disciple, and um, I can't follow all the disciplines, but I do have a lot of money. I could build you a nice temple. Hmm? Something like that. Ooh. Guru is not a, a way to make a living. That's not what it is. How to make sure you have rice in your old age. That's not what it is what it's like. Mm-hmm. Not for that. Mm-hmm. So Bhagavatam gives very practical advice here. There are many higher things. People talk about oh, he's a Rasika devotee. that's yeah, all good. He knows rasa. But you can't see that. Mm-hmm. But you should there are observable things worth looking for. And if they're in not in place, then you can look elsewhere. If they're in place, and as I say, in the context of bhakti, they were arrived at, in other words, in the context of bhakti, then bhakti is doing two things at the same time. It's removing the negative, and it's giving standing in the positive. So if you have arrived at removal of the negative, in the context of bhakti, then there's reason to believe that person is standing in the positive. As Mahāprabhu said, Na na janam na Mamā bhakti Very nice statement. He says, he's defining the positive life of real taste when the medicine becomes like food, as I said earlier, by saying, I don't want this, I don't want that, I means all those desires will be gone. Hmm? That's the that's what the medicine has done. Let's hmm? remove those things. So, this way I have said a few words about the disciple, a few words about the guru. tasmad guru papadjeta Jiknasu shay utamam hmm? shodde pareta brahmani brahmane hmm? So, with that, you come to take guidance and for some reasons it should be well thought out. You think you're going to get it from me. So I honor your request. My guru asked me to do this. Hmm? Prabhupada sent me to Pujapad Sridhar with the advice that in my, after my passing you can go to him for, for shiksha. So going to him, I asked what service I can do. He said, Prabhupada has told you everything. Now you go and do something. Start a mission and teach and I will be in the background help. Hmm? He remained for a few years. Maybe two, three years. So, at his request, suggestion, in order, I've been doing this for 30 years. Hmm? And so I'm happy to extend the relevant uh, paraphernalia and couched uh, within that, the conception, hmm? in the f- form of the my experience behind the mantra, hmm? so I'll whisper that into your ear, the mantra, and you will go like 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 a, like a seed. Hmm? Then you continue the chanting, water the seed with hearing lectures, serving devotees, and so on and so forth. Okay, so you want to come forward? There's five parts to this. Hmm? It's uh, yagya tapa, yoga, tapa, nama. Hmm? What are the other two? <laughs> yajya, nam, and mantra. Hmm? Yoga, dana, pundra. Yoga, pundra, tapa, mantra, nam. Hmm? Yagya means sacrifice. Hmm? so because we we have a couple initiations I'm giving you the first one this is a like the blessing to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra so the yajna hmm? the sacrifice that is sent kirtan kirtan is a sacrifice it means also now I initiate you into a life of sacrifice from the womb of, from which love is born hmm? so sacrifice yogya. That is the yogya for this initiation, nam kirtan. Hmm? and you are to throw yourself into the fire. That Hmm? (laughs) yogya, then tapa. Tapa means it means like austerity. It also means knowledge. If we perform austerities means we, if we, if we, for example, we restrain our senses, like fasting would be an austerity because I restrain my senses. What happens is some kind of knowledge comes from this because we go within and we have to think. The less the senses are active, the more the, the mind will be active and we have to live in a thinking world. Hmm? So, basically our austerity in bhakti is that we forego the things that are not favorable to bhakti. We accept the things that are favorable to bhakti. Even if they're uncomfortable physically, but it's favorable for bhakti, I accept it. And if they're comfortable physically, but they're not favorable for bhakti, then I reject that. That is our austerity. But today, to represent that you're entering into such a life of austerity, we have this form of tapa. Hmm? It's, It's like this. It's very gentle, Hmm. Used to be in some lineages they would take the symbols of Vishnu hmm, and brand them. That's an austerity. Brand them on the students. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very gentle, so we take the name of Krishna. This is the name of Krishna in Sanskrit. Hmm, with sandalwood and tea, let me put it on there. So you that is your tapa today. Symbolizes so you enter into a life where the, that is also included. So Tapa, Yogya. Mm. and pundra. Pundra means this kind of tilak. In India, Hindus wear tilak and it, the way they do it is identifies them with one sect or another. Mm. So pundra means tilak that goes up and down like this. This is for Vaishnavas. Mm. i put this on here and you can put this on every day. Um. That's right. If Krishna sees you with that, oh, that's my devotee. Hmm. (laughs) It's said that if you just dress like a devotee, Krishna will think, oh, that's my devotee. And he'll get his attention. So it has some value. (laughs) People say, you can dress anyway, it doesn't matter. That's true too. But hmm, traditionally Krishna's devotees have dressed in a particular way, so dressed like that the will think maybe that's my devotee over there mm-hmm. I should pay attention to her <laughs> so Yajna Tapa uh, Pundra hmm? Nam and Mantra are left hmm? so Nam means I'll give you a name hmm? and along with that I'll give you these neck beads these are made from the tulsi Tulsi means Brinda Devi. We worship the Tulsi in the morning. Plant. Why are we worshiping the plant? Hmm? It means this Tulsi, this Brinda, it means Brindaban. That is the place of Krishna, hmm? his lila. You know? it, 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 it's a forest of this. This Tulsi grows there. Hmm? So this is the ground on which Krishna Leela is performed. So we worship the Tulsi in the morning. We think... Let me enter into the ground of Leela. leela. Hmm? And then that Tulsi plant personifies in the leela as a forest gopi, and she can help us make connection with Krishna. Hmm? So we wear her around our neck. That also means, I'm a devotee of Krishna. That will said, so these will protect you from all types of difficulties. How is that? Because if you wear them, some people say, Oh, those are nice beads. What are those? Then you have to think, Oh, yes, I'm in those beads. That's about Krishna. I will protect you then. You'll be talking about Krishna. Or someone will say, Are you a devotee? And you're like, Oh yes, yes, that's right. I am a devotee. I should be conducting myself in a particular way. So another way this dress is helping us. It's useful. It's anukul. It's favorable for bhakti. And you look very nice. Okay, so then reads So I'm gonna give you these beads to chant if I can get a
1: There
0: we go. And you chant like this, with the thumb and the middle finger. You start with this big big bead, not this one. Don't chant on this one, but this one. Start here, like the ba- base of a tree. Go up, it gets smaller and smaller, you get to the top. Pick a fruit, and then you come back down, go the other way. So, one time around, that is one round. Go back the other way, that is two rounds. So, this is a form of dhyan, hmm? meditation, chapa. Chant, you can chant quietly, inaudibly, silently, or you can chant it out loud also. You chant a little out loud, it becomes partially kirtan. Oh, that's useful, helpful, especially in this Kali Yuga. So now I'm going to ask you to chant a certain amount of times every day. It will take some time. Now you think of how many times you would chant, and then you tell me, and I'll tell you if that's enough mm-hmm. or too much. And then you do that every day. Okay, so what's your plan? Okay. That's good. Every day, and then it, when the taste comes and increases, you can always chant, chant more. Okay? Okay, so come give me your ear. Right ear. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare, Hare Hare Dai, Dai. Okay? So your name is Achintyashakti. Achintyashakti. Okay? Here's a bag for your beads, too. And as I said, you know, that if if you love someone, then the advantage is they will love you. So you gave me this, and so I'll give it back to you. So. Okay, Achinti Shakti means? Achintya. Shakti. Achintyashakti means? Nice name. Achinti means like inconceivable. Shakti means like power. (laughs) So Krishna has Achinti Shakti. That means by which things that are logically impossible, they become possible. Mm -hmm. So you can do the impossible hmm? (laughs) by serving Achinti Shakti. You're the Dasi, the servant of Krishna's Achinti Shakti. Okay?
1: Perfect.
0: Hmm. Yes, okay. Hare Krishna. Harkinti Shakti.
1: Harkinti ah. Shakti Dasiki.
0: Okay, come. <coughs> okay, you explained everything, so go through. Tapa. Krishna Krishna. Om
1: yeah yeah okay
0: please. Five items that we're... Are part of this is uh, coming from Bhakti Vinod Thakur. He's drawing from other scriptures, but he made some emphasis on this. These five items, part of this, uh, this ritual. Hmm. I'm going to give you this too, this bag for the beads, right? This is for counting. Hmm. I didn't tell you this, but there are 20 beads on here, so you do it like this. You separate four here, and 16 here.
1: Mm.
0: And you tie it onto your bead bag like this. So on. So sometimes we chance 16, and this goes one, two. See, that this is the big side, right? This is the small side, right? But actually, this is the big side, and this is the small side. Does that make sense? no I'll explain it to you when you chant 16 like this 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 16 then you take 1 over here see this is the big side then you have to do 16 more then 2 over here then 16 more then 3 over here then 16 more so this is the big side here. Mm -hmm. one of these equals 16 there are 4 of them Hmm? that's 64. That's 100,000 names in a day. Hmm? This is the ideal Mahapa we like to, my students will eventually, they will chant 100,000 names a day. It takes about eight hours, so you have to have a taste for that. Hmm? Okay? And there you go. You start with your number, but there's a... The goal is unlimited, but 100,000 is a good... Interim goal. Okay. So. Come. Om. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Hare Hare Okay. Your name is Ananda Nam. Das. Are hmm? you? Oh. Yeah. Number. Hmm? Oh, number. Yes. How many? Okay, good, good. ananda Ananda means... No, ananda means the name. It refers to Krishna's name. That is full of bliss. So. ananda servant of the name. That's hmm? full of Ananda. So you become full of Ananda also. Mm-hmm. Ananda-nam, machinta yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so all of you senior Vaishnavas and Vaishnavas, you please bless them. They may make progress. And... Uh, and keep coming to Madhavan as much as possible, right? You'll be here a few more days? What day are you going to leave? Saturday, Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, okay. And then we'll see you again in San Jose, right? Yes, of course. Okay. Sri Harinam Prabhu ki jai. Sri Siddhaoji Gopal ki jai.